Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, we'll do an intro. We'll we'll bring you in very quickly. And then Anya is our, what we call our producer, which we've never really defined what that actually just means, means she but... doesn't speak right away it doesn't <laughs> yeah, <really> exactly <laughs> but but runs the show and if she ever yeah. drops off it's a disaster um, it's always really important to make sure that women aren't given that front of house <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, make I sure they're not introed but they do a lot of the legwork behind yeah. the scenes right yeah. she's also paid a lot less <laughs> i'm only here for tax purposes i think Welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to decide whether they're worthy of the hype. They're likes, but are they legitimate likes? I'm joined as always by Hugh. Hello, Hugh. Hi, Will. How are things? Uh, great. Forgot to say my own name. I'm very excited because we have a guest. Who a guest? We do have a guest, yeah. We've, a, we've a, a podcaster, blogger, sports writer. Perhaps most importantly, Will, someone who for the first time is going to double up the number of Leeds natives on the show. For the first time, I'm outnumbered because tonight we are very excited to be joined by, well, the Chess Pits and many other podcasts, John McKenzie. Hi, John. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> is that a traditional Leeds welcome? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not a traditional 36-year-old man welcome, so I already, <laughs> no. I've already started off on the wrong foot. But all here, the but... kids who are listening are now like, yeah, this is my kind of podcast. Yeah, exactly. And it's a podcast, so I could pretend that I am, in fact, 25. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll edit around that to make you sound very 25. Say something about <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, exactly. The last time we um, had, we, we previously had a, an Irish guy on who lived in Leeds, and there was a long conversation between Will and John about... Is it called Crunchies? Was it a kebab shop? <laughs> it's Crunchies kebab shop. I don't. Yeah. We found out just before we came on air that John only lived in Leeds for about eighteen months, from the age of zero to eighteen months. So I don't know if he would have made it to Crunchies kebab house. But John, yeah, only a few times before I left. Um, yeah. Yeah. Their breast milk's not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the breast milk donna. <laughs> And what a... Lovely. That's the quickest we've got to to <laughs> the weirdest phrase uh, <laughs> that's going to be said this evening. The breast milk donna is something I've never heard before. Those two words next to each other, and I'm so delighted that we found it. Mm. It sounds like a, a Renaissance painting in a way, doesn't it? <laughs> you know? uh, what I was going to say, what made you leave 
leads, John, but you were 18 months old, so you probably didn't have a great deal of choice in the matter, did you? Well, I found the place uh, suffocating, you know, I wanted to spread my wings and fly. So, yeah, at the age of 18 months, my dad left to, to go and have a jobbing career in the manufacturing industry uh, around the, the north of England and, and the north of Wales, actually. Um, and, yeah, just at the sort of, the sort of period when the engine, at the end of Thatcherite, Britain was was sort of in play and uh, the manufacturing industry the bottom would, bottom would fall all out of it so um yeah this is a comedy podcast right <laughs> yeah it's like god we're getting grim here yeah John's gonna yeah. take us down the mines yeah although my um legitimate likes bingo card I've got breast milk donna and thatcherite so I've only got <laughs> only got one more to get and I've got a full full house I don't play bingo so I don't I don't know I suppose John we've brought you on here um because we're we're well, it's very unfair to you because we brought you on as a chess expert, um, I suppose, because I became familiar with John from listening to the Chess Pit podcast, which is now one of my favorite podcasts. But very recently, just after I asked you to join us on this podcast, I listened to the Chess Pit and in the space of a minute, you said, I mean, I don't really like chess. And then <laughs> and then I sort of thought, oh, yeah, but he'll he'll enjoy coming on and talking about it. And then he said... And Jesus, so many podcasts have asked me to come on and talk about chess. So thank you for for making us one of those many podcasts that you may very soon resent. Yeah, well, the Chess Pit is a podcast where we talk about chess occasionally and Mm. and the emphasis is on occasionally, as you'll know. So um, I managed to get away with not talking about chess a lot on there. And actually, I mean, the the chess that people think about when they think about chess is very different from the chess that I think about when I think about chess and the the chess pit podcast is all about the cultural aspects of chess which I think are arguably more interesting than or at least more rich and and vibrant than than the the maybe the, the sort of chess notation nerdy yeah. l- adult improvement side the, the thing that people don't because I'm a big cricket fan as well and I think similar to to chess there's just a very weird bizarre dark underbelly going on in in chess you know and in cricket yeah there's definitely some nutters who yeah <laughs> and presumably the venn diagram is is overlapping and in, in yeah i don't respects. think i'm the only one i don't think i'm the only only crazed chess cricket lunatic going mm. on there yeah i've i've come across some some nerds but the cricket community i think is is um expanding at the moment uh, due to various things, due to uh, the Queen's Gambit, and due to the pandemic that we just had, where you were stuck in your bedroom and, and actually playing chess appears to be a fairly good use of your time. So, now, John, it might have been a verbal slip up, but you just claimed that the Queen's Gambit enhanced the cricketing community, which <laughs> I think is a bold claim. So I love boring it. chess was. Yeah, did you not notice the undertones? The, the cricketing yeah, undertones of that, yeah, and that's what I want to talk about today. Yeah, just padded up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm here to talk about the the uh, actual undertones of cricket in the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I wish I knew anything about either cricket or the Queen's Gambit. I feel like that is a rich, like fertile ground for comedy, and it's uh, it's wasted in my hands. I just see it as soil. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of soil, though, uh, it's time to bring on our producer Anya. Hi, Anya. Hi, Anya. I was a week. Hi. Then. I didn't, they, didn't, you know. They, I was, I was, they do this was, to me every week. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just hoping John would say something like gruesome ogre, but he didn't when he was talking <laughs> about chess, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> we could have said speaking of breast milk donna, but I think that might have been too far. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say speaking of rich and fertile, but I don't know that that's oh any better either. <laughs> uh, well, hi, hi guys. Um, 
So, uh, I mean, you've done my job for me here, really. Here. Mm. You've, you've told us we're here, we're here to talk about chess. And I had a little intro written about chess, but it, it, I think it's the most boring sentence uh, that I've ever said, which is... Why do you say it in an accent to make it more exciting? A native yeah. okay. Leeds accent for yeah. us. Chess is an abstract strategy game and involves no hidden information. Is that a Leeds that's, accent? That's Newcastle, I think, but it's, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. a northern I, accent. I can't do a Newcastle one, but when I want to. So... Well, there you go. Just think of Leeds... Yeah. And you'll be fine. So you've sort of thrown like a an, <laughs> a verbal dart at the north yeah. of England. It's like you get thrown into a hollow globe and spun around and then come out and, and say something. I was so interested in your accent that I never heard the sentence, though. So. <laughs> an abstract strategy game? That involves no, no hidden information. Oh. So... I mean, what we always do, John, is we start with a little a little quiz uh, mm. just to see where the where the group's knowledge is at. Um, so I guess we'll kick off, and it's a team effort, so just uh, get amongst it. So, which of the following is not a real chess opening move, and um, which one of them did I invent? <laughs> I should say, Anya texted me earlier today to say I've just tried playing a game of online online chess. I didn't I didn't really know. Like, did you, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I won't say anymore. I won't say anymore. <laughs> You know you said online chess. <laughs> online chess. Online chess. Gone Geordie. So we've got the hyper-accelerated pterodactyl. <laughs> the Nescafe frappe attack. Nope. The jester's trousers variation. I mean, I do think that this is the sort of chess that can get talked on the chess pit sometimes, you know? They the sound o- like Bond girls again. <laughs> they do. So the Nescafe frappe attack... Yeah. The, the pterodactyl, the scrambled pterodactyl. Was it? The hyper-accelerated pterodactyl. Hyper-accelerated pterodactyl. See, hyper-accelerated is a word that is used of a lot of openings, so oh, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to accept that that's probably an opening. Um, it's usually used of a dragon. Um, there's a there's an opening in the Sicilian called the hyper accelerator. Uh, is it in the Sicilian? Maybe I think you can actually do it in in any any opening. You can you do the hyper accelerated dragon. I don't know what it means. Uh, I'm not sure what hyper accelerates a dragon. Mm. The dragon is when you fianchetto. That's a good word, isn't it? Fianchetto, one of the bishops. I think that's that, a type of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, um, but but basically that means that you, you you get one of your bishops just um, in one of the corners, looking across the whole of the board, um, and protected by the by the pawn. So that that when in, when you do that in the Sicilian, it's called the dragon, and you can have an, a hyper accelerated dragon, which I suspect means that you do the or the move order in a funny way. But I don't know enough about chess to be able to say that. But anyway, that's a very long it, and rambling it way of sounded good though. I mean, it sounded so impressive. Yeah. I was like, clearly this man is a grand. Well, master. I heard something that I knew something about, so I thought I'd got to jump on this because yeah. you yeah, set yeah, me yeah. up as a chess expert. So. Yeah, Unless it's an incredible double bluff by me, <laughs> who has learned so much about chess today that I've been able to, to create this. Yeah. Uh, and then what do you guys think between the Nescafe frappe attack and the gesture's trousers? Oh, is there one real or one or one fake? One real. Oh, oh. One fake, one fake, one fake, one fake. Sorry, <laughs> one, sorry. Fake. Oh. one fake. Okay, one fake. so the pterodactyl we think is real. So then there's the Nescafe frappe attack. And what was the last one? The jester's trousers variation. I think I'm going Nescafe. I, I don't think there would be a a, sp- a sponsored, a sponsored chess. <laughs> that would be a bit bit tacky, wouldn't it? Although having said that, Fide are pretty happy to sell their souls, so maybe the Nescafe <laughs> frappe opening is. And in is, fact, yeah. we'll get back to 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 breasts later on. Yeah, perhaps, breast milk, the breast milk. Uh, the breast milk donor opening actually. I think <laughs> one of Fide's finest. Okay, we're we're going with we're going with John here. We're saying the Nescafe is fake. 
Well, I'm sorry to tell you, I invented the Jester's Trousers variation. Oh, man. And the Nescafe Frappe attack is real. The Hyper Accelerated one is something to do with something to do with something Sicilian. <laughs> uh, <I'm not> <laughs> the least sure. confident sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> you said something uh, so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My synapses have shut down. Yeah. <laughs> And it took me ages, Hugh, because I knew you'd best me very easily. Like, originally, I was going to say, like, the Beefeaters pantaloons. Mm. I, sh- I should have. Yeah. You see, John, yeah, normally, I don't know anything about the topics, but normally, Anya and I have been friends for so long that I have a good idea of how her brain works. And I try and think, which of these would she have laughed most at when she came up with it? <laughs> and I should have thought Jester's trousers, but yeah. The, the variation is a very nice addition to that, the Jester's movie. trousers. Yeah, it's yeah, very, it's yeah. very good. We had the uh, the ombudsman's pants as well, so I thought you'd, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have me. Uh, okay, so uh, the what is the minimum amount of moves that it takes to accomplish a checkmate? So, well, John and I will know this, I think, but but we'll yes, of like... course, of course, we will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's something really annoying and stupid, like two. He's right. Guys, he's right. Yeah, but you can right. only do it in two if you're black. Yeah, if you're white, it has to. You mean it's the prayer? Yeah. So that's a weird rule. Special rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you're white, you have to burn a move. I think, don't you? Yeah, it can only be achieved by black on the move two with the queen. Yeah. And it's the fewest number of moves possible from start to finish in a single game. And do you know what it's referred to as? Is it? Is that fool's mate? Yeah, the fool's mate runs or two move checkmate. Two move checkmate is not a very exciting name. It's funny because there's a four move mate which is called scholar's mate, and I'm pretty sure I have lost to that. But I think losing to the the fool's mate, you genuinely do have to be a fool because the two moves you have to make to open yourself up to that, I mean they're they're pretty they're pretty dumb moves, right, John? Would anyone ever be like you're 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 doing? Are you doing F F six G? Set or G five is that it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Never push your F pawn is the rule, right? Okay. Right. So now you know. <laughs> really? This will be great now when I get back into my online chess later after this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So our last question is: Which of these people play chess avidly? So two of them are real chess players. One of them is not. Okay. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Hulk Hogan, and Woody Harrelson. I actually know this one. Ah. I, for, for some reason, I was like, "Yeah, Hulk Hogan definitely plays chess." That was that was the one I was going with. Will, do you have any thoughts? You're you're an actor, so you can probably dig into the actors' brains here. You know. Yep. Uh, all actors hate chess and think it's boring and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Bodes well for the rest of the podcast. Yep. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Arnold Schwarzenegger are both actors. Can't remember the third person because I'm bad at memorising things. So it's probably him. Woody Harrelson. There you go. He's also an actor. I'll give you. I'll give you a clue. Woody Harrelson actually made an opening move at the World Chess Championship in 2018, maybe. No way. So let that okay. let that inform your guess. Mm, well, so I hope it's him then. So Woody Harrelson hates chess. But was forced <laughs> to do it for the cash. against his will. Yeah. Uh, he was in everything in 2018, so he probably just got it's cast true. in the World Chess Championship without realizing it. You know, I, I was about to try to do an impression, but I realized I was doing Matthew McConaughey. Just Geordie uh, again, my, wasn't in, it? In my head. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm Woody Harrelson, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I John. love chess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely gagging for a game. I want to do the the reverse Fionetta and win in two moves. True Detective would have been way better if it was that matched up with Matthew McConaughey. Oh. I'll, oh, read, I'll read, I'll read, I'll <laughs> read. 
<laughs> oh, that's very good. Um, so I think you're pretty confident that Woody Harrelson is one. So who between the other two are is worth? Arnold Schwarzenegger put out a video at some point playing chess, or maybe a picture of him playing chess against his house pony, I believe. Um, <laughs> it's the greatest sentence of all time. So yeah, I think I think it's probably going to be Hulk Hogan who doesn't like chess or isn't a known chess player. Presumably, when you ask Schwarzenegger if he wants a game of chess, he says, I'll be black. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, God. Hugh, you know, you don't have to grab every low-hanging fruit. Oh, but I love it so much. It's so tasty. If that's low-hanging fruit, then I'm very sure, because I thought that was unbelievable as a joke. Thanks, Will. <laughs> well, 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 you eat all the ground nuts. Yeah. <laughs> of jokes. Snuffling around. Will eats the truffles. the truffles. Yeah. 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 A little joke bore. You're, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Hulk Hogan. To my knowledge, is not a chess player. For all I know, he, he dabbles. But uh, you're absolutely correct. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Woody Harrelson are pretty publicly... Uh, Do we know chess. more about the match against the, the house pony? Uh, I think Arnie won. Yeah, I can't remember. Should I try and find something about it? Do, does he have other yeah. ponies as well? You know, see. Yeah, he has his house pony. He has his holiday house pony. He has his beach pony. Yeah, okay. Uh, Wait, it's Ar- like- yeah. He played it with his pet donkey Lulu oh, uh, during while he was while he was uh, quarantining at the start of COVID. Jesus Christ! You think you think you couldn't have a worse setup as a donkey, and then you get <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger coming playing chess with you in a pandemic. And he's COVID-ridden no le- no less. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, 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 has, he has. So, so is that was that Arnie? That was an, COVID? Uh, that was Arnie. Arnie coughing. Yeah, I can also do other famous actors coughing. If you want. Fantastic. Can we hear Robert De Niro <laughs> coughing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's... Um, Madonna coughing. Madonna. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we've got a new podcast. Uh, can we hear Bjork coughing? this is my new favorite game this is the best oh mercy um (laughs) i love the robert de niro one because it was so oddly sexual (laughs) could could you please do dwayne the rock johnson sneezing (laughs) (laughs) don't know what i expected but i got what i wanted so thank you okay okay so i mean i think it's pretty obvious that you guys know a little bit about Chet. Will knows absolutely nothing, but he's 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 in the ring. He's truckling for jokes. I'm here for the party. <laughs> yes. So, uh, John, what we usually like to do is we get like a little opening statement from everybody on whether or not they their their initial thoughts on whether or not chess is worthy of the hype. So, guys, do you want to let John go in the middle, or how do you want to? Why don't do you, you start off, Will, with your with your experience of chess? I suppose, and and I suppose, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to give our vote just yet. That'll come at the end. But more is sort of yeah, our opening position of where we stand on chess. You, yeah. Will, yours should be short. Opening position. Like... Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> oh. No pun intended. Finally, yeah. forty-two episodes in, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I Hate Chess is a game invented by bullies to make idiots feel sad Um, Peter Hogg who was my friend then told me I was annoying and not to hang out with him anymore he made me go to chess club once and I didn't like it I hate chess, chess can suck it Okay, it's interesting because I think all games were invented by bullies but at least chess was invented by slightly nerdier bullies maybe Exactly. Uh, although maybe they're worse I don't know it's a game made by the bullied to factor in bullying in a computational way <laughs> yeah just just more intellectual bullying so i went to i started playing chess in school i went to uh, pro- probably like 
the best chess playing school in in Dublin, certainly, and and maybe even Ireland. Now, not because of me. And in fact, before I the, got the there, tallest short man, <laughs> yeah, just before I was in the school, there was a very high standard of chess, and there were a couple of international masters who were there, or who went on to be international masters. And then after I left, the school has got very very good again in the last sort of fifteen to twenty years. And uh, while I was there, it was pretty bad, such that I was able to be, I think, sort of about the ninth or tenth best player in the school at one point. And I am not good at chess. But I really enjoyed it because we went on a few trips to uh, the UK to play in the Ireland Ireland and England school. Oh, don't get me wrong, Hugh. Chess trips tournament. are nice. Trips are well nice. <laughs> Will doesn't like trips. That's all I'm hearing. He hates <laughs> trips. So, yeah. And then I didn't play for a very long time and started playing again about five years ago online. And I'm very bad at it. Well, they say it's all about the journey, not not the chess chestination, chess chess chestination, like like our chess pit sounds a bit could, like. Uh, could we <laughs> just get a Meryl Streep cough as an edit point there? <laughs> well, that's a difficult one. That is, it's an Oscar-winning cough. <sighs> hmm. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that is how she'd cough. She, she's so never coughed. She's a silent no, cover, yeah. No. Which is why I'm struggling with this. Perfect one, yeah. diction and vocal cords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she has uh, streep throat, like strep throat. Oh, okay, go. I'm here all week and no one's Streep souls would have been better to go down. Streep souls would have been yeah. way better. 100% better. Uh, John, what's what's? how did you come to chess? Ooh, I yeah, I don't know. Chess, chess, I didn't come to chess. Chess came to me, I suppose. But I am... Um, I didn't really. I didn't never play chess until I was. I must have been about thirty, um, and I was doing grad work at university. And uh, a lot of the guys who were friends with me were playing a lot of chess uh, because I went to a bit of a nerdy university, and so they were all very good. And I sort of thought about the idea of learning chess, but then I was like, these guys are all one very nerdy, but two have been playing chess since they were like seven. So they're just going to batter me. So I, I never really, I never really got into it properly at that point. Um, but later on, when I was when I was living in in London, um, a friend of mine and I, we used to do a lot of walking around London at weekends. Just um, I, I, I don't know why we did this, but I was living on a canal boat at the time, uh, and so it was quite easy. It was quite easy to. One, it was like quite hard to stay in a canal boat like at the weekend, so you had to sort of get out. Uh, and two, you can walk a lot of the walks around London, or we we did the um, Jubilee walk quite a bit, which is like a sixty k walk around around London. We did sections of it, not all at mm. once, um, but there, a lot of those follow the canals as well. So, and because I was moving the boat around a lot as well, he would just come and hang out. We would go for a walk, and we would end up at a pub and would play chess. Um, mm. So for me, chess has very much been about hanging out with friends and and playing it and I, I said to you before that the chess culture is something that is is really interesting to me like the the stuff that that sort of festoons itself around the the game mm. rather than necessarily the game itself although I do enjoy the game um and so yeah for me a lot of it is to do, is to do with the fact that I have a lot of friends who are, are quite good at it play it to a certain uh, level and I've sort of got to a, a point where I can play a little bit uh, enough to be able to give them decent games at times although um, a lot of my friends have got really really good at chess and some of them are already really really good at chess so yeah. um, I do off more often than not lose than I than I do win I don't actually play exactly. a huge amount of chess uh, yeah. weirdly uh, John before we go any further sorry I do have one really important question on a houseboat uh, what's the situation with a bathroom um, in the sea toilet yeah so essentially yeah. you are there showers 
Yeah, we had I had a shower. Um, you have to heat up the water, which is which can be a bit of an issue. But um, yeah, I had this really old um, German water heater that sometimes this would work. This old German woman. This old German woman me. used to bring the water every morning, <laughs> and she would knock on the door and say, "Hey, Mackenzie, die Wasser," <laughs> and I'd say, "Ah." Oh. Yeah. Don't, don't Not now, Frau, Frau. Go on. Weaselbaum. <laughs> Frau Weaselbaum. <laughs> I mean, as soon, as soon, John, as soon as you said, I used to live on a canal boat, like, I just saw Anya and Will just, like, quivering with excitement. Thinking, They're like, oh, yeah. anything, anything more we interesting than chess. talk about chess. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about the fact oh my God. that John is a modern day Rosie and Jim. <laughs> oh, 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 you know that every time, like, anytime I watch a film, like, we talked about this with Lord of the Rings, all I can think about is, like, where are they going to the bathroom? Yeah. You have a bathroom with a toilet in it and you basically okay. shit into a tank and then suck it out through a big, like, poover, I guess you would call it. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely call it a poover. But I, I yeah. think Frau Wieselbaum looks after all that. So that That's right. Probably... Frau, Frau yeah. Wieselbaum. Weirdly, weirdly has a name that she pronounces with the English W rather than the yeah, German W. Yeah, she, she grew up in London, so she's Frau Wieselbaum. <laughs> But, yeah, okay. from the East End. She, she just ups her German accent on the boats because it, it's sort of a nice like <laughs> it, it sort of sells with the characters she gets more yeah. tips this is like when you tell a lie isn't it and then you keep trying to tell the lie and you just end up having to make up more and more crazy stuff isn't it I think John yeah. are you telling us you didn't live on a houseboat <laughs> you just you just invented that <laughs> yeah what'll impress these idiots a houseboat that'll be it it absolutely banged the nail on the head there. Yeah. Onya, what what did you think happened on houseboats before? Where, what did you think the toilet situation was? held it in for you. I, I, actually, <laughs> I, actually, I actually have a friend who lives on a houseboat in London. Do you? Um, yeah. Doesn't um, ever ship. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, Straight I just, into poo bags. I thought, like, I, I kind of imagined maybe you docked up in like a communal shower situation or something, like at a campsite. I mean, there's different, there's different modus operandi when it comes to relieving yourself <laughs> yeah. on boats. I once on a barge once on a stag just for a couple of days and the the only two things I remember was one that the carbon monoxide alarm started going off and obviously we decided the sensible thing to do was to deactivate it and take it off the wall you know the other thing we did then was we had frozen pizzas that we were going to cook in the oven turned out the oven didn't work so we grilled our pizzas (laughs) and I've got to tell you you don't think a grilled pizza is going to be good and you're kind of right but (laughs) It's kind of got a delicious little mix of crispiness on top and weird softness on the bottom. Just like Frau Wieselbaum. <laughs> oh, Wieselbaum now, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, she dips in and out, you know, when, you, when you're bilingual, you know. Um, so... When you're bilingual, you learn how to pronounce bilingual. Yeah. <laughs> Why can I, can I not say bilingual? You pronounced it's it in a... the German manner, I believe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bilingual. <laughs> this is like how I only recently learned how to say Portugal. What did you say? Uh, Portugal. Spain. Por- <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying I was saying Portugal. 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 Like Italy. That's quite Italy. a big word to get wrong for a long time, isn't it? Oh yeah, I've only been called out in it like relatively recently. Mm. Um, well, yeah. If it was a word like I don't know, ameliorate, you could get away with saying that and people not knowing how to pronounce it. But I feel like Portugal is pretty unlikely that you'll come across people who don't know how to pronounce it and correct a- you on a- your a- pronunciation. A- ameliorate is a tough one too, though. 
Yeah, up until right now, I was saying Amalia right. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. What a moron. The person I know who lives on a houseboat thought that pedestrian was pedestration for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like when they saw it written down. Isn't that, that, that sounds like a, like a dodgy word, pedestration. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It does. It's got a lot of, a lot of interesting parts in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something to do with kids and yeah. the legal system. Yeah, I don't it quite definitely know. sounds illegal. <laughs> Maybe cutting is involved as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, have to yeah. say, John, from listening to the chess pit, I feel you kind of sold me a lie there too. Because when I started listening, it was I sort of thought, okay, so the other guys, Phil and Chris, I know Chris isn't on that much at the moment, and Robin is on, but it was always the idea was, well, Phil is clearly this very good player, and Chris is a very good player, and I feel you were very much kind of the everyman, you know, the happy-go-lucky, you know, <laughs> not very good at chess, but enthusiastic about it all. And then to discover that you're so much better than I am, despite apparently being rubbish in the eyes of the chess pit, it was, it's devastating, you know? Why are we assuming that I'm better than you? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay, two things. So, One creepier than the other. Sounds like it's time to fire up chess.com. <laughs> I, uh, I looked all the hosts up on uh, FIDE and you've all got ratings up there. Are you rated on FIDE? Do you, do you have a FIDE rating? I, think I do. don't think I have a FIDE rating, but I have played in competition play. Maybe you don't, but I think you mentioned. I think you mentioned your ratings on the podcast. I think you said your ratings are between like sixteen hundred and two thousand, depending on the the format. Yeah. Right? Um. It, yeah. It, it depends on the format. So, for example, yeah. I tend to play correspondence chess, and the people yeah. I play with are all like rated over two thousand, and yeah. so that just means they batter me. So, I think my 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 correspondence rating is like fourteen hundred. Yeah. Um, but then my rapid rating is about is between I don't know 1700. But I've not played enough games for it for me to really know whether or not I'm yeah. good at it or not. So you see, my problem is I don't play that. I play some correspondence, and I'm around about twelve hundred there, which is very average. Will and Anya and and John. Oh, I don't like, care. John's don't like, when you when you say correspondence, do you mean you get like a telegram from <laughs> Russia and it's like it's pigeons? You you send Aoife, a pigeon. E five to G one. Efa Efa is a very Irish move, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why he had to leave the houseboat it was all the pigeons coming in and out they thought he was a spy you know mm-hmm. yeah. they'd all but shit so, do, in the wrong somebody, place they, they were taking the shit away the pigeons actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean Anya when you you do use the internet to communicate do you yeah but I don't say my correspondence you know <laughs> yeah. uh, no you just yeah you, you play your move and then someone I have played by telegram chess where we send each other the moves over whatsapp i mean and then play it on a board play it out on a board and correspondence chess was originally played by people using letters yeah, yeah. because chess you may not know this but chess is quite an old game yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it did in fact pre- precede whatsapp yeah yeah what um but but i play i play an awful lot of one minute games so you have one minute to make your all of your moves and I've become like on chess.com. I'm up around sort of 1600 on that, which is pretty yeah, respectable. Good. You would, but you would I, batter I, me. At well, I'm chess. convinced though that it is absolutely no use whatsoever to becoming a better chess player. And like, I genuinely, I have played about 15,000 one minute games over the last number of years. And it depends uh, what you think is the proper form of chess, right? Because well, clearly, I think it's one minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're great at it. So, why, why does it matter? So, so what's the situation with a one minute game? So you're you're playing on a so you if you're playing in person or on a computer you have a clock so when you sorry move, but which part of one minute game don't you understand <laughs> I, it sounds pretty like I, I don't mean to be like hey horse you're at the water have a drink but come on 
Yeah, you, you, your your clock moves. Your clock, your time runs down while you're thinking of your move. I'm sorry. Um, what's the limit on that, Hugh? It's one minute. One minute, right? Yeah. yeah. But do you do you just make one move? No, no. <laughs> no, you make your move and then your clock stops and then I make my move and then your time starts going down again. So yeah. So it's not a 1 minute game. It's like a, a like It's a 2 minute game technically because the other person gets a minute. Each player yeah. has 1 minute. So you only have and then, 16, then it's over. And it's over. So if your time runs out you lose. That sounds so weird and boring. But you see it's quick. It's and more weird and boring having to explain it in players. <laughs> <laughs> you see, so Anya, in the World Championship, which I know you were watching recently, like mm. they have hours on the clock. So there was a game that went on for nearly eight hours, right? Right. Um, and most of the games probably went on for, what, about four hours or something like that, four or five hours. And so in theory, if their time runs out, they would lose too. But, but their time never does run out. But if you just want to play a short game... Yeah, if your time runs out, you lose. But but is this like if you played a soccer match and you took one kick and the other person took one kick? And it's no, it. no, it's not. It's like you played for ninety minutes and then the whistle went at the end and the winner was the person who had the most goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By God, we've practiced. <laughs> no, only it'd be like if you played a football match that lasted one minute. But ha- but. <laughs> Although if the time ran out, you lost. I don't know. But how do you how do you know who wins? I'm not being funny, but like, well, do you you're, have to either get... either you checkmate the person or your time runs out, and then if your time runs out, you lose automatically. So it's it's speed chess, or is that different? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, Onya did also text me earlier saying I've just googled what is checkmate, <laughs> 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 which is such a great part of your search history you know yeah. because one assumes you have some knowledge of chess to google it and yet clearly very little um so i also learned today that apparently in competitions it's not polite to say checkmate you'd say ch- you'd say check and you'd probably say mate but like in most in most professional games they wouldn't even get to the checkmate situation because they'll know that a mate is inevitable so the person who's going to lose will resign yeah. yeah, that's that's what it said. Mm. So is that a FIDE is how you pronounce it, is it? Yeah. FIDE. And that's the... like the, It's the like the FIFA body. of chess. Yeah, it's exactly like that. I mean, it absolutely is. In that <laughs> it's massively corrupt. Very dark and dirty. Does Yeah, no, it, it really... I think the head... I think I, a head of FIDE a while back looked at trying to take over from Sepp Blatter. I remember yeah. hearing I mean, that's entirely plausible. Like, yeah. Rich people do this, don't they? They sort of... What, John, would you say, in terms of, like, yeah, the weird culture and world around chess, what would you say is, like, what have you come across in terms of the most bizarre or darkest or coolest stories in the in chess history? Or sexiest. <laughs> I mean, there's a big spectrum here between darkest, coolest, and sexiest, right? But That's my I'm, Tinder profile. That's what they call the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty, brutish, and short. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose in terms of like the darkest side of things, there's there's definitely all of that crackpot um, sort of phrenology stuff that goes on. So there'll mm. be people who, so Nigel Short, who was in the World Championship once, has been on record saying women just aren't hardwired to be able to play chess as well as men. And mm. there's a lot of that sort of pseudo psychological, pseudo scientific um, sort, of, sort of ideas about why certain people will be good at. at chess and other people won't and why those people are always white middle class men mm. um, yeah. so it's nice to know that regardless of the sphere bigots will get involved <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they'll find that you've got to admire their, their nous you know they'll get involved wherever they can mm. um, in terms of sexiest nothing 
there's nothing sexy about chess. Um, in terms of what was the other one coolest? Don't know. I guess we've covered. I guess we've covered Arnold Schwarzenegger playing chess with his donkey. Yeah. I don't, like, where do you go from there? there? There was. Were you aware of the story? I don't know when it was. There was a, situ- a story in Ireland of a guy who was playing a chess match against someone, and he killed him and ate his heart. This is like wow. seven years ago in Ireland. Because he lost, or he had a lot of difficulties. A psychotic break, I think, is the yeah, yeah. The... But he did. The police came around and arrested him as he was as he was digging in. Mm. I think. But he yeah. was hardwired to be better at chess than women, so there's that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, a woman yeah. wouldn't have got that heart out. You know, not a <laughs> no. chance. That's the other way you lose a game of chess on you, is if your opponent literally takes out your heart and eats it. But yeah. t- to be fair, most games have that rule. It's not written down, but... yeah. <laughs> One thing I did think was interesting today was that there are... Sometimes there's women-only games. Is that right? Yeah, so there are women's... Like, there's a women's world... Ch- there are women's tournaments and men's tournaments. Well, what's the thinking behind that? Uh, I suppose... Well, I suppose it's an interesting one because obviously there's no reason why women can't play chess to as high a level as men, much like other games and sports, you know, that... Like, I always think, like, again, snooker is something I watch. There's no reason women can't be as good at snooker as men or, or darts, you know, games like this. There are games where physical strength is important and obviously, in a general sense, men are going to be stronger than women, although not in a, you know, specific sense. But I guess over the years, just there wasn't any opportunity for women to play chess. And then there wasn't any funding for women to play chess. And like the funding is like in sports, you know, it's every area of sport. There's so much less funding. There's so much less sponsorship. There's so much less exposure to it as well. So like there's not the opportunity there for women. So therefore, you're not going to have the same quality of chess player being produced on a regular basis. Like you might get the odd incredible person who, who manages to get overcome that. But yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the reason which... Even and this is again the argument that say again to take this woman Rhianne Evans who's won the world snooker championship I think about fourteen times but because she she now plays in more of the men's tour events because until you're playing the best players it's very difficult to raise your game unless the quality of your opponent is is high enough so I don't know John is there a, like you did Polgar got reasonably close to being able to. Playing the candidates, did she at one point? She or? played in the candidates, I believe. Oh, she did play in the candidates. I think she did, okay. yeah. Um, so she was, she was like obviously an outlier in that respect. Yeah. Um, and she was a bit of an outlier insofar as her parents were. I think her dad in particular. Um, they had this attitude that they were going to raise their kids to sort of be geniuses, and mm. um, so they developed this sort of regimen. I don't don't think they necessarily went in thinking chess was going to be one of those things, but yeah. it became one of those things because the the oldest daughter. Um, I, I, I'm not sure who the oldest daughter is. I think it might be Susan Polgar. Okay. Um, decided that she liked chess, and then they they basically bred their children to be really, really good at, at chess. To be to make a point, basically that that girls can can do things yeah. as well as boys in that respect. And she got she got really good. But I, I I agree with you here. I think it's a lot of it's to do with the fact that the the pool is so much smaller for 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 women's chess players that you're just the the odds of you actually finding those players who are going to challenge is just much lower so you will get yeah. players who occasionally do break into that um into that top field there but- was a there was a great episode of the chess pit just last week which and you will be able to tell me who your guest was but she she's just you you tell yeah jen jen shahade so jen shahade is a 
uh, I think a woman's FM, so not quite a grandmaster, but a uh, fide master, as, as it's called. And she's just written a book called Chess Queens, which is just looking at, yeah, celebration of, of women in chess um, and obviously covers a lot of these these sorts of issues. But yeah, it, it's it's fascinating um, reading her book and, and seeing the, the sort of impact that and we know we like we as you were saying before, Will. We know that these things exist. Like it exists at every in every niche of life, uh, and those inequalities sort of work their way down uh, at every level. And uh, I think there's a real problem, um, not only just with with girls, to be honest, but getting boys to carry on playing chess. But obviously, that's a, mm. it, that's example. Uh, it, it's um, sorry, it's augmented when it comes to to women. So I think you get to a certain age, and it becomes not cool to to play chess um and i think because people expect chess to be a, a a game for men um you see talented girls dropping out at quite an early age as well yeah. which leads to a problems and but, even i remember when i was playing in school and we'd go around to the different tournaments in ireland like <laughs> there were there were two women who played in the tournaments you know you'd have a hundred and something men and the two women one of her the there was a boy in our school and his sister and his mom played in the tournament, you know, and that was, and his sister was a really, really good chess player um, and still is, I believe. And his mom, I think sort of was involved because of, because of her two kids. But like <laughs> literally there were two women in these national chess tournaments and, and we knew them both, you know, like, and, so but you can imagine. to meet girls but, then, obviously. <laughs> no, no. But, uh, you, but you can imagine Anya as well. Like if you are, let's say you are a promising chess player and you're, 10, 11, 12, 13 year old, years old and then you go down to try and play in a chess club and everyone else there is a boy or a man, you know? It's not, you might mm. not see it as a welcoming place well, to go. It is one pro for chess though that it's quite accessible. Like you don't need, you don't really, like beyond having the board or chess.com, mm. it's, it's very cheap to start, right? All you need is a jump up and some uh, some goalposts and yeah, and you can... <laughs> <laughs> And a big clock with one minute on it. (laughs) You need enough white jumpers and enough black jumpers. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But can can anybody, I know not everybody's going to be amazing at chess, but can anybody be reasonably proficient at chess? Not this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. If you put in the time, you can get to a certain level, I think, you know. And there's this idea that, oh, you know, you have to be seeing 18 moves ahead. And yes, the very good players do that. But the average player... I'm just hoping John doesn't say, I always see at least 18 moves ahead. <laughs> the average player doesn't do that. You know, you have a rough plan and you're like, oh, well, I'm moving my knight around in the hope that maybe I can get up there and cause a bit of trouble in that corner. But yeah, I think you can. You know, you once like I'm teaching chess at the moment to God help them to the uh, kids in my school. And uh, yeah, like it's a sort of... Sorry, uh, John Hughes, the- a teacher. He's not just in school. <laughs> he's, he's older than school <laughs> Just 14. in case you're like, oh, not uh, one of those pedestrations, is he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like anything, you know, if you look at the people at the very top, like they're kind of freaks of nature, you know, like and with mm. incredible memories, you know, like there's a great clip of uh, Magnus Carlsen, who's the world chess championship and world chess champion and possibly the best player ever. But he's 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 being interviewed by this guy David Howell, who's another GM, and he's putting. Howell is showing him positions in games and Carlson has to say what game they were from and a couple of them are famous games back in the 70s or 80s and he's saying oh yeah this is whatever or this is where Anand missed mate in one or something like that and then there's a game that the two of them played Howell and Carlson when they were growing up as juniors but then he puts this game on to him at the end and Carlson can't figure it out 
And he's like, I just don't know. And Howell is like, I'll give you a clue. It's sort of something to do with entertainment. And then Carson's like, oh, it's the game in uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. He's like, it's the wizard chess game, you know. Uh, mm. But like, so he w- he has, I don't know, thousands of games in his head, you know, and and he's not the only one. So like it, at the very top level, yeah, it's a it's a phenomenal thing. But but they're, yeah, I mean, I've seen like, a it, I've seen a clip of Carlson um, on holiday. He's on holiday somewhere with his dad. He must be about seven or eight. Um, and they've gone to somewhere like Athens, and they're at the um, the the famous building in Athens that is just currently escaping my head. Parthenon. Um, the, yeah, the Parthenon. They're sat at the Parthenon doing some kind of tour. Um, there's a tour guide there, and uh, they're obviously there for chess or something. So Magnus is seven, seven or eight, and he sat there with one of his, I guess, one of his coaches, and they're playing a game of chess without a board, just a clock in front of them, and they're just saying the moves out. Um, so it'll be like, you know, F4. Um, and, yeah, and just going through John, it like you never that. never push your F pawn. Yeah, that's true. So he would never have done that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're just sat there and literally all they have is a clock in front of them and they can just play that game. Um, even at the age of seven, he's playing games just in his head, basically. And uh, he'll do things like he'll play um, what, what are called simuls, which are basically simultaneous events where you'll play a number of people at once. But he'll play simuls blindfold. Um, and he'll play like against 10 people and he'll keep the positions from each game in his head and again just shout out the move so you've got people sat around playing him legitimately he's playing 10 at once and he's doing it all in his head uh, at, at any one time so the, the guy is like next level so, so is wow. it that some people are just naturally incredibly gifted at it like that's that's going beyond just learning the game right yeah look it's 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 tough isn't it because like obviously these guys put just hours and hours and hours and hours into it so it's not just like people are going to be preternaturally gifted at chess and not have to study for it um mm. so you do have to have like the hardware uh, but you also do need to install the software i think and we, and that's why they spend like a, a long time doing it because there was some um, a big debate in chess recently actually between um one of the one of the guys who was coaching uh, an american player called fabiano caruana he they basically fell out and he stopped coaching him and he did this interview afterwards and said that fabiano caruana is not one of the most talented chess players um he has to work hard for what he does and there was a big debate about like what does that even mean like um, mm. because he's a, a guy who's like scrupulous in his preparation, does that mean that he's not as talented as, as other guys? And it obviously raises questions about what are the sort of skill sets that are required to be to be good at chess. But the impression I get is that, you know, these guys are all like brilliant at, at, at being able to do things like calculations. So thinking like 18 moves ahead, as Hugh said, but they're also putting in like a huge amount of time in and they're, and they're able to think of creative ways to cause opponents other problems and stuff like that. And they have people working for them to help them out too. So it's, it's one of those things where we kind of want it to be the case that people, you know, there's just going to be geniuses like in the Queen's mm. Gambit where she yeah. just looks up and sees all the moves on the, on the ceiling. But it's just, it's just not the way it is. It's these people are, as I've said, just really, really gifted at chess, but then they've put in the hours and the hours and the hours yeah. to, to just get really good at it as well. Yeah, exactly. The idea that, like, Caruana played in the World Championship and drew 14 games with Carlsen in a World Championship. So, like, the idea that he's going toe-to-toe with him and is not talented at chess is just bizarre. But hmm. There is another thing, though, which is interesting in terms of the children, which, is again, it goes back to... You know, you look at the Williams sisters, you look at Tiger Woods, you look at the Polgar sisters in chess or Carson, like the way, like, you know, there is a question of, is it right to be putting this much, getting a child to be doing this much? And I know there was a, 
there was was recently that the world record for grandmaster was broken by this by an american kid who was was he 12 or something and he was but i mean i i got this all from your podcast but that he was basically playing as many his parents were bringing him around europe getting him to play as many tournaments as possible so that he would break this record before he hit the certain age and you're like i mean is that is that is that abuse or is that nurturing your child's talent you know yeah and it's tricky as well because i think often the kids do want to do what they're doing but yeah it's not just a case of intention is it it's, it's about what is good and bad for them and um, yeah exactly yeah i think maybe you know removing a child's youth from them to in order to achieve a sort of fairly arcane record is, is not, not the best yeah. way of going but, but it. it's it's that thing again it's like i mean you look at tiger woods and like his dad absolutely did so much to create arguably the best golfer of all time mm. and yet you wonder now <laughs> Would it all have been better if none of that had ever happened? You know? This is this is one of my frustrations, actually, is that do you ever get annoyed when you see like famous people being like, all you need to do is just work hard and then you'll end up being famous like Well, like me. Kim Kardashian yeah. during the week or last <laughs> exactly. week. Yeah. And they, like, nobody wants to get off their ass and work. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, that, there was that person who's famous for seemingly, well, I don't know what they're famous for, who was on that podcast who said, you know, basically just work hard and good things will happen to you. Um, mm. but I get really frustrated by that because these people like, these people are all, victims of survivorship bias right they get through the system and they're like well i worked hard therefore yeah. the the route to my success was just me working hard so if other people worked hard they would end up in exactly the same place as me but i, I think i've maybe yeah. taken off on a tangent there but no, i, I but see it's a very, lot it's so it really annoys me it's such a frustrating thing because it's like obviously you work hard and you feel like you work hard but the the sheer amount of luck involved especially in those things that are inherently front-facing industries mm. and also industries that are products the the people who are successful in it are 95 percent the products of privilege that it's just it's just completely so short-sighted so i, I share your anger Jen. no well i was gonna say will like presume like acting must be such an example of that like literally if someone if the right person just happens to see like five seconds of you at the right time like that could make the difference mm. between you know well, you like, i think in all these the things to something or not it's it's a combination yeah. of like good luck talent and uh and working ah, hard. yeah like but you I have mean, to be yeah, yeah. you have to be doing putting in the grind but yeah there's lots but of then that grind is never... possible like it's been possible for me to you know at 30 have like held down like several other jobs and like gone through drama school and stuff because of the background that i'm from and the support mm. system i've had so i've been able to allow myself to be lucky for longer yeah so it's just like yeah that's a really good way of putting uh, it yeah yeah i i share that anger john i feel like this mm. podcast could be john and will get angry <laughs> about this and so even for me like I, I i work as a freelance podcaster and i work in i've worked in the football analysis industry as well but i'm in exactly the same boat as you in that um i've wanted to do this and i've worked really hard to do what it is that i do but again i have that support structure from my parents that like over, over the pandemic i moved out of my flat in london and moved back home and was able to save money that way like, there's so many people who can't mm. do that and and i think yeah. a lot of people don't realize that that is a privilege like there's plenty of people out there who don't have the affordance to be able to just yeah. say right well i'm, I'm gonna work really hard and maybe take a bit of a hit on my paycheck for a few years yeah. and and then you know see where i end up like a lot of people just can't do that do your parents live on a really big boat that's right yeah i parked my <laughs> boat inside their boat so. yeah. 
Now that's pedestrian. And I brought I brought Frau Frau Weaselbach <laughs> Weaselbaum with Sorry. me. Yeah. Just the whole family want the water. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Weasel Tree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is Baum German for tree? It is. Yeah. Oh. Oh, very good. John, one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode was because I feel that chess has come more into the public eye in the last couple of years um, and is maybe more accessible. Do you think that's true? Do you think there's been a change in recent times as to the popularity of chess? Yeah, I think that, like I said before, like the, the impact of both the Queen's Gambit and um, and the pandemic have, have both... It's weird to talk about the pandemic having a good impact on something, I suppose, but um, the Queen's Gambit, I suppose, got a lot of people back into chess who played when they were younger, and, and it made them think, actually, I used to do that, I used to enjoy it, maybe I'll try it again. And then the pandemic, I think what the pandemic did was that not only did it allow people a lot more space and time to be able to play chess, um, I think a lot of people have come out of the pandemic thinking... I want to do things more outside in the outside world. I, you know, when you when you realise how valuable your freedoms are, you you then try and I suppose make the most of them when you um, when you're allowed those freedoms back. So I think there's a lot more people now who are coming out saying, right, I'm going to go and join a chess club. I'm going to go and, and 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 do these things that maybe previously I would have been sort of ironised against and been like, oh, I'm not going to a chess club. I think people now are just way more happy to get involved with those sorts of things. So we're seeing we're seeing um, a sort of influx of young. Uh, sort of 30, 30 year olds like ourselves our, our generation is going back to chess clubs now in droves uh, and that's quite an exciting thing as well and I certainly have this because I like I say I played some tournaments when I was in school but I really now would love to just go and play one of the tournaments that happens around Ireland and play in the very low section mm. now of course I have this idea oh, this will be great because I'm playing a, over a board again whereas in reality what will happen is you know there'll be an hour and a half on each clock and I'll show up and in four minutes I'll have lost to an eight-year-old. You know, like that's the terrible thing about chess is that... And do, do you chat with the person while you're playing? No. 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 That's so weird. It's like... So I've been to a couple of tournaments and like the the first one I went to basically was at a... It was like a Premier Inn in Maidenhead and you everyone just heads over there, books a room and then we'll play like two or three games over the course of a weekend. Um so yeah, you turn up and there's just this conference room full of chess boards and everyone starts at the same time and it's everything. everyone has to be silent in it's sort of tournament conditions and you sit in there and it's like the only time I've ever done anything where I've sat down for like three, three, four hours to do, mm. to do anything for an extended time. But it's, it's, it's actually incredible. Like I've, I've, I, I started off doing that when I was not good enough really to be doing that. And so I've had my ass handed to me a more times than I care to admit but I've done like things where like, there's a there's a famous chess pit legend of me drawing from a losing position against an 11 year old uh, and and that just being just completely elating one of the weird things about chess tournaments is that you will often as an adult play against kids who just are brilliant at chess and it, there's a whole psychological element to like coming up against a kid and just being like you you've been alive for about 10 minutes how are you being how are you able to do this better than I am uh, and it gets into your head but uh, I also when I won my first game in tournament chess as well like I've, I've I experienced a feeling of elation that I don't think I've ever experienced in in sport and I played I played football to a fairly high level and for a lot of years and won finals and important games and never felt the way that I felt 
when I won that that game of chess as well. So it's a it's a really weird thing because it does seem like completely nerdy and weird, like going to a Premier Inn with a bunch of weirdos and and, and playing a sort of archaic game that was first invented in India and stuff. And, and but I think that's that's kind of the magic of any of those things. Like when you find with anything you're doing, whether it's a swingers club in Maidenhead or chess <laughs> or or snooker, like when you find your people and and you're uh, you know you're around people who are as enthusiastic about whatever. Mm crazy thing yeah and like i remember playing in a tournament when i was probably about 17 or 18 i was just finishing school but i did play a kid who was about eight or nine and he the game lasted it was pretty much an hour and a half on each side and the game pretty much went down to the full three hours like i think i had a minute left and he had two minutes left at the end and i beat him and he was definitely better than me but not much but i did beat him and like his dad was watching and then like he cried at the end of the game and, and ran and hugged his dad and, and I was like, This is this is the greatest win I've ever had in chess. <laughs> like, this is this is my highest moment. Licking his tears off the chessboard. <laughs> Just on the chess pit, I have to ask, uh, do is the chess pit a thing? Is that the formal like is that is that like a soccer pitch? You come and down to the, the chess pit or where did you get yeah, the when the you've name used from? all your pieces you have to go in and they redo the tires and stuff yeah. like that. Or it's like a yeah. cage match, like that you get into the chess pit and you just fight to the yeah, death. Uh, Phil came up with a name. I guess it's just like the cesspit. So I guess it was oh, okay. supposed to be yeah. sort of like hat tip towards that. But yeah. um, Will, have you ever heard of chess boxing? Chess boxing? Yeah. yeah it's when in the factories they're making the chess board. <laughs> finish them. I feel this could bring you into chess because obviously you're an enormous boxing fan. No, it's it's you play you play three minutes of chess and then you box around of boxing so yeah so Hugh talk us through the, the chess boxing so John probably you... knows more than I do but it's it's just that it's you it's play similar a to, chess. similar to one minute chess isn't it sort of <laughs> yeah. you get everything you need to know from the tile um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's what it sounds like right like you alternate doing... between chess and, and boxing yeah and do you stay in your boxing clothes yeah you chess? literally bring the chess on in between rounds so you do a round of boxing and then you do a round of chess you should YouTube it on you it's great I think you're allowed to take the gloves off, otherwise they'd just be knocking pieces <laughs> yeah, all I over have, the place. I have a problem with this because I don't think it's fair. I think you should either be gifted with incredible intelligence or incredible sporting Well, I think this is generally what happens. So the question is, yeah. can you knock out the smart person before they beat you yeah. at chess? Yeah. Or can you can you beat the person at chess who's athletic before they beat So do you yeah. guys think you'd be better at the chess bit or the boxing bit of the... What of do the... you think, Anya? <laughs> I mean, I'm not good at chess, but, you know, there's... But John, you mentioned playing football to a high level, so obviously you've got a bit yeah, of I don't, you've got some... Yeah, I am now a 36-year-old man who's very much past his prime, so it depends. Like, It's funny because I think I'd be okay at the boxing side of things. Like, I don't mm. think I'd be a good boxer, but I think I wouldn't just fold. But... I've seen some chess boxing games and the the issue is is that you do just get wild discrepancies between how good people are at chess and how good they are at boxing. Oh, that sounds so good. And so you'll see yeah. you'll see like the board from a game when there's two guys who are maybe okay at boxing and the chess is just absolutely shonky. Um so <laughs> you you look at the board and they'll they'll have just pushed all of their pawns up the board and left all of their other pieces <laughs> behind um so yeah it's and, th- and that's a bad thing. That's that's is that's a bad thing because you you're sort of leaving yourself a little bit open to attack. So, if I got if I came up against someone like that, and then maybe I would I would beat them in yeah. the chess and be able to ha- hold out long enough in the boxing yeah. to to not become adult. Will, would you? What do you think? You, yeah, well, you having never ever been in a fight, never <laughs> trained as a boxer, 
I think I'd be able to take most people. Um, I think I'd be fine. I think I'd definitely, I'd definitely stand a better chance in the boxing. But that does not mean I think I'm good at boxing. That means yeah, I think, I, I think I'd stand a better if, chance. If the, the ring was big enough, you might be able to just keep running. Will. Yeah, I've I've got stamina and speed, and I'm I'm a springy little boy, so yeah. I could get I could You'd get be out diving of... under people's legs and things. Running around. Yeah, be ducking and weaving. Yeah. Well, one thing I love is I saw that I think the last change to the game, I don't know if this is true. Do you know what it was? The last change to the game. What do you think it could have, like... To the rules. Okay, no, to the rules. So, I'm trying to think. So, like, things that are slightly out of the ordinary. You've got castling, which is where you're allowed to move two pieces at once. The only time you can move two pieces at once. You've got en passant, where you're able to take a piece. Yeah, you're, it's, it's en passant. So, castling, I think, is something to do with the rook, right? Yeah. En passant yeah. Was, was, like, what... 1800s or something it's really old 12 1280 okay right, yeah there we go <laughs> yeah so apparently that's where the the pawn is allowed at when it moves first is allowed to move twice it moves two squares right yeah so the on person move is that that usually you can only take diagonally with a with a pawn so you can take from one of the two squares diagonally in front of it um but there's Obviously, pawns can move two spaces at once at first in their first move, and so oh, that's from twelve eighty. Right. Sorry. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So if if yeah. a pawn if a pawn does a double move to try and get past you as another pawn, then you can still take them even if they're not on the square diagonal yeah, they to you. They can be alongside you. Yeah. You exactly. Mm. So I guess on pass on means in passing, yeah. and so because it's yeah. tried to pass you, you can take it. Um, yeah. Mm. So I think we're probably moving towards a. A conclusion. And, <laughs> we've covered on uh, we've covered on passant, so yeah, we've got a, there's nowhere <laughs> else to go now. That, that's all that's I have. The to final about. thing on the list under breast milk donna and pedestrian. I've never seen Chess the Musical. Is Chess the Musical very chess based? I haven't seen it either. I'm not a great fan of musicals to be honest. It's um Lloyd Webber, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, we actually did an episode of musicals, John. And I hate them. I also so, hate musicals. Did yeah, did you yeah. decide it was a legitimate like or not? I can't. Did we? Yeah, it is. We Obviously, did. it is. They were. Yeah, they're incredible. You just haven't seen the right one, lads. Don't. Uh, come on. Let's all go. Uh, look, I'll come to a chess tournament if you'll come to a musical. <laughs> well, yeah. To be honest, I'm not doing this again. Uh, to be honest, I do think like there's certain musicals that I like. I like Oliver, the musical, really? which I don't know why because it, it it is a bit naff. But I also kind of like Les Miserables as well. Maybe I just kind of like his historical musicals, but yeah, very grim ones. Yeah, yeah. lots <laughs> of death, lot of, a lot of terrible poverty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So as we move towards end game, or is it the end game? The end game. <laughs> the end game is a Samuel Beckett play. Yeah, I was going to say. You mean yeah. you mean the Samuel Beckett play? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, but the end of the world. Legitimate uh, like. So what we usually do now is, uh, John, uh, we give a, a well, you guys give a closing, a closing statement and decide whether or not you think chess is a legitimate like, which basically means you think humanity should get to keep it. Uh, guys, how do you want to? Yeah, we'll, go? we'll we'll let John go last. We'll let John yeah, go I'll go yeah. first. Will you okay. go ahead? Will I? I I must say this is one of I came in so strong to this being like I absolutely hate chess. All my experiences of it have been bad. And once again, we're in a position where I really like John. I've warmed to John. <laughs> He's really, I really enjoy everything about him. Everything you've said, I've like, I'm like, that sounds fascinating. I want to hang out and talk with you about chess. However, d- if I never play chess again, I'll be absolutely delighted by that. I, I find it so dull. Uh, I associate it with smart people who go, oh, let's play chess. And then they just absolutely decimate me. And I'm like, well, that wasn't fun. Can you teach me? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They don't teach you. They just tell you what the bits do. I already knew that, and I'm still bad at it. <laughs> the only mates chessos have are when you say check at the end, and I hate chess. It's not a legitimate like. I'm sorry, John. Please, can we still be friends? We can still be friends. Don't worry. And I don't have to play chess with my friends, and I also don't need to talk about chess with my friends. So I'm sure we could okay. find other points of common interest, like musicals. I did just remember. <laughs> I just remembered that earlier on, John and I made a comment uh, about the about the the breast milk thing that we'd come back to which if given that we never explained it sounds really creepy it was i think we were both thinking because fide the chess uh, federation uh, took on sponsorship from a breast enlargement surgery company and again for the women's for the women's world championship for the women's world championship and we're talking about a game that has not always had the best relationship with women so yeah anyway (laughs) however having said that that um i i think it's an interesting one because i think chess is uh i think it's a great game i think it's a great game for kids the reason i like teaching it to the kids in school is because it teaches them how to lose uh which i think is really important um yeah, I clearly never got that lesson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the real problem. That's why you're now just an angry man on a podcast. Um, yeah, look, I just think it's a game where... One thing that does really annoy me is when other sports and other commentators in sports or in politics or in anything else is like, well, this is like a game of chess. And I'm like, you can't just say that for everything. Not everything is like a game of chess just because the person doing it is clever or more than one thing has happened in the game. (laughs) But uh, so that does annoy me. I think it's great. I think the while, yeah, the, the, the culture, I think John has, has sort of mentioned how it has definitely improved and it does seem to have improved for and become more diverse. Now, like other things we've talked about, it has still has a long way to go. I also just think it has some crazy, crazy history. There's the politics of it. We didn't even get into the fact that like Fisher Spassky, which is probably the world championship match that is best known to non-chess players, which was, was it 1972? It was around then. It was Yeah, was it not 79? Might have been, yeah. And it was played in Reykjavik and like, so during the Cold War and like, so massive US-Russian tensions that spill over into chess, you know? And and even now, like literally at the moment, there's a guy, Sergei Karyakin, who's a former World Chess Championship uh, challenger who has been thrown out of various tournaments because he supports the war in Ukraine, you know? Like there's all this stuff going on still at the moment. Chess is so much more political and dark and complicated than just a game on the board but i think that has its positives and its negatives i think i'm going to say it is a legitimate like and i hope it can stay and continue to yeah just become a more diverse area and like the school i teach in is just girls so i'm just teaching girls to play chess and i think it'd be very cool if they continue to play chess and you know stay involved in whether it's through clubs or whether they play online or whatever it is so i'm gonna say that chess is a legitimate like oh so it's it's one all on you and we, John, like bring us home. Not literally. <laughs> back to the houseboat. To work out where the shit goes. Yeah, let's go yeah. fill up that tank, baby. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I think it would be hard to argue that chess isn't a legitimate light, given that it's been around for thousands of years and it continues to capture the imagination. So disease, but... <laughs> Yeah, but disease doesn't capture the imagination in the same way that chess does, right? So, and uh, you haven't seen Will's house, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that part of the reason why chess is so popular still is that it's 
it it sort of matches you up. It's quite a, it's quite a good mirror for for where you're at. So if you you can be a you can be a rubbish player like you, and uh, and continue to enjoy it years years down the by line by beating children <laughs> by beating children. But you know it finds you at the level that you're at. Um, and on, on the one hand, that can be great because you know some people do just like playing on the train on the way into work or or whatever it is. But at the other end, there's a, an extent to which chess is just so much bigger than us as well. In that it's just so fantastically complex that even thousands of years after it's been developed there are still new ways to to be very good chess players and and there is that complexity to it which just reminds us of of our finitude in a certain way as well so i think it's hard to argue that it's not a legitimate like but i think it's also like it's fine to legitimately hate it if you don't like it um but in terms of like as as Hugh was saying like the cultural impact that it's had and continues to have and and its place within within human history and the history of culture i'm going to give it a legitimate like unsurprisingly i'm afraid okay it's so official chess can stay yeah chess can yeah we don't uh, in the spirit of chess we don't let Anya have any agency <laughs> um, i don't have enough uh, it's a legitimate like i'm i'm happy with that result to be honest because i i, I did feel bad sort of bad mouthing it just based on my anecdotal experience <laughs> it didn't seem fair uh onya you happy with that decision i am i came in very negative towards chess and i have been so charmed i'm gonna i'm gonna play more after and i will not be pushing the f pawn is that the, is that, is that the phrase yeah that's yeah. that that's that's the phrase yeah it's a greeting and leads actually <laughs> D- dtf pawn <laughs> yeah go on go on onya don't push the f pawn. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, John, thank you so much for coming on. If people uh, want more of you, which they absolutely are going to, uh, where can they find you in the chess pit? So I am probably best found on Twitter. I spend too much time on Twitter. So um, yeah, I'm probably best found there. And my handle is at John underscore McKenzie. And John is spelt without an H. It's short for Jonathan. Um, that would be, otherwise it'd be Hon. It'd be crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and then the chess pit is found on Twitter at chess pit pod, I believe. Um, but if it's not there, then I guess search chess pit, chess pit on Twitter and it will will pop yeah. up. And we will have it linked below. Oh, it'll be linked below. Yeah. I mean, if we football fans, John, would you, you know, can they find you for for other on other podcasts, other things, yeah. anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah, so I have too many podcasts to to count really, but I run a, a Leeds United podcast called All Stats Aren't We. Search for All Stats Aren't We on Twitter, and that will show up. And I've just started a new podcast recently, actually called uh, a podcast about tactics, which is also about football, um, and it's uh, yeah about tactics. So if you like the the more cerebral aspect of football and want to find out more about that, I speak to smart people from the industry uh, about different tactics, different clubs different managers where where people are at so yeah do check that one out as well i mean a, a, a good game of football is really like a game of chess isn't it <laughs> you know? i will say i will say um that for anyone who has any interest in chess i would definitely recommend the chess pit it was recommended to me by um friend of the pod john gallagher who was on a previous episode and uh yeah so it's a real it's just a fun look at uh chess as john says they talk about chess occasionally they talk about lots of other weird and interesting things and so yeah any passing interest in chess it's the sort of podcast that you will listen to and probably want to play a bit more chess yourself so yeah couldn't recommend it highly enough mm, thank you 
comes recommended and sounds more entertaining than this one that you're listening to now please like and subscribe give us five stars tell a friend about it but more importantly go and subscribe to the chess pit and follow john on the social medias uh, my name's will that's been hugh and Ornia. <laughs> they're not saying anything apparently so we'll just keep moving on uh, thanks will. Why, why, why are you wrapping it up with such a world weary <laughs> you've been tired all right, sorry. Whoa, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. It's been a wild, crazy ride. Thank you, Hugh. Thanks, Will. Anya, take it to the chorus. <laughs> Thank you, Will. John, tell us about yourself. <coughs> oh. Meryl finally showed up. Meryl had a little cough. Thank you for listening to Legitimate Likes. Please tell your friends, subscribe, like, and subscribe. See you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Was that what you wanted?